Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best tech leaders in the world to help you scale your SaaS business from 2 million ARR to 100 million ARR. Today, we have a very special guest. His name is Javier Fondevila, CEO at Audit. Javi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for inviting me, Mike. And uh, yeah, it would be great to get to, let you, to, to get to know more about yourself and how did you end starting up um, Audit? Sure. So I'll try to be brief because it can be a super long story, but <laughs> long story short. Uh, so I consider myself a native entrepreneur. So I actually never had uh, a proper job. So I founded my first company when I was 20. Then on the last stage of this company was when I started realizing about the, the whole that idea, no? Because uh, I was so frustrated about the, the softwares that I could use to run my business. I was, I was young, so maybe I was looking for something different than the, the mainstream market, no? Uh, so then uh, I was using like multiple applications. Most of them weren't in the cloud. This is back uh, like, uh, five years ago no more or less so everything has evolved a lot but at that time it was very very hard to find something uh, beautiful easy to use that really you know connect all my business in one place so that's when i started thinking about this idea um like in parallel a little bit and until i found my partner bernard uh, i couldn't really start it no I'm, i don't have a, an engineering background actually uh, everything related to coding uh, was su something super new until I started Holded. Um, so uh, I met my my co-founder Bernard in Facebook. <laughs> uh, we had we were these ghost friends that never met, or we I think we we never met and we barely knew each other who we we are now. Um, he posted uh, Holded. He did uh, the first version of Holded uh, for himself. He was also having a couple other small projects and he did it for himself to be able to issue invoices. It was a really basic product, but uh, looking super good. So he posted that on Facebook. Uh, I saw it. I, li I love it. And I wrote him like, hey, look, it seems that you have the skills. Uh, to complement <laughs> my skills and both together we can we can do something great no and um, so we met at, at, at a starbucks it's everything super commercial no so from facebook, right. to, facebook starbucks. to starbucks <laughs> um, and and suddenly we are here i don't know I mean, everything happened so fast no uh, we were super engaged about the idea we both realized that it, it was a an amazing project even an ERP or an accounting software uh, can maybe it's not sexy, no? Uh, when when you think about it, no. But we had a, a completely different vision, no. So we wanted to create a, a business operating system, and um, so more like uh, the operating system like you have in, in your iPhone, which has the basics and connects all your data, mm -hmm. but you can run uh, other applications. You can integrate it with everything you need, no. That was our vision to to have an all-in-one software for SMEs. Mm -hmm. that it's uh, beautiful, easy to use, uh, and with the latest technology, you know? So, of course, API first, that you can easily integrate uh, with any other software that, that you're using, um, and you can basically automate uh, uh, everything that is not adding value in, in, in your work. You know? mm -hmm. So that's the idea we had, and this is what we're developing. That's, that's quite amazing, and I, I imagine as all the best ideas that I'm seeing nowadays, for instance, if we think about Zoom, 
it's uh, that we are using now to record this podcast. So it's a web conferencing solution. So we would say that it's very difficult to disrupt this industry and look at what uh, Zoom did. So I would say that in terms of ERP or CRM spaces, it would be also very difficult to disrupt. But as you say, there is a need uh, in in the market. And I loved this, this kind of ideas that uh, I would say common sense would say, oh, it seems a, a red ocean. So how do you comment on on investors or on uh, other people, other stakeholders that would say, this seems a very hard to me in, tr in terms of going to this industry, uh, the ERP industry? No, you're completely right. And it's a really normal uh, thought, no? Um, yeah. This is a red ocean. It's true. It's not a blue ocean. And it has uh, its pros, its pros and its cons. So for me, a red ocean, it's a, a validated market, no? So you don't need to Good validate point. that you can make money out of it. So mm -hmm. you can make money out of it. Actually, there's a lot of people making money out of it. Um, but it's going to be uh, much more hard to compete because there's competitors in the market. But at, at the same time, you are uh, growing yourself competing. So this is not something new. If you ever need to compete, your, your, your whole organization uh, grow competing, no? So you're ready to compete. And this is also something I think it's positive because when you grow in a blue ocean, um, if suddenly you need to learn uh, to compete with others and you are too big, maybe, it is very hard to change the mindset and the culture, no? So I think red ocean, blue ocean, both has uh, pros and cons, uh, but you can make it uh, in both sides. Absolutely. Um, it's true that for us, it was very hard to raise the first dollar. <laughs> um, okay. It was very difficult because of this reason. Uh, everyone was saying, look, there's a lot of players here. It's a tough industry. You're not going to make it. But if you believe in what you're doing and you think you can do something better, it actually happens. And I've seen the, the most successful companies out there are not the first uh, company in the space. Yeah. Most of them are just something that has been done for years, but done in a different way, in a better way, or in a way that fits better the, the current moment. Um, corporations are very slow, and not because they are bad, it's just because moving an elephant is very hard. No? Yeah, so we need to use the time when we are a small organization to be fast and to uh, and to have the, the proper culture uh, to find opportunities. Because when you become too big, you're going to be probably the same as, as the, the, the big corporations you were competing against in the, in the early days. Absolutely. And in terms of growth stage, uh, Javi, in terms of ad count, uh, if you can sh uh, disclose intervals of ARR, it doesn't need to be exact, of course. Yeah. Uh, so ad count, so in what stage of growth from this the 2 million to 100 million, where are you now with Hold It? So we started the company back in 2016. Uh, we were only three people this year. We raised our first money. And from then to today, we grew up the team up to 58 people. Uh, we're now in the road of going from 2 million uh, ARR to 5 million ARR. So we're mm -hmm. in, this, in this way. Um, we've raised uh, 7.5 million until now, but we consider ourselves a, a very capital efficient company. Um, of course, I mean, uh, nothing compared to a bootstrapped company probably, but 
in a busy-backed company, we try to use the money very smart and not uh, get too crazy because we have uh, money uh, when we just raise, no? because of course you use the money to generate revenue. Absolutely. Very good points. And we, we start with um, your thoughts on the triple two, double three uh, rule. So this rule is kind of, um, we can identify this rule uh, among some of the world-class SaaS companies, some of the best SaaS companies in the world. So typically after 2 million, they are able to triple uh, two to six, six to 18, and then double from 18 to 36, 36 to 72, and 72, 144, which means 100 million plus getting there from two to 100 million in five years. Of course, this is really outliers and really outliers. Uh, so what do you think about those kind of rules and what do you think this kind of growth? Would you like to be so aggressive, less aggressive? It depends on the industry, it depends on your company. What's your, on, your view on those kind of aggressive uh, growth? So yeah, I think everything you said. So uh, first, I, I really love frameworks. I think uh, they are very useful to at least give you some benchmark of what you can do. And then you can decide if you want to follow it or not, or you're going to do it differently, or maybe this framework applies uh, different to your organization because of your target customer or because of, I mean, uh, the way you want to grow it, no? Um, so first, I'm a big fan of frameworks, and I think this framework uh, helps a lot on defining the road of becoming an 100 million a year company, which is, I think, the big milestone that uh, we all want to, to reach. No? Of course, it's a very difficult uh, um, <laughs> goal, uh, and we tend to only watch the, the top 10 companies in the world and compare ourselves with them. And I mean... Right. And this can become super stressful and it doesn't mean if you're not following this, you're, you cannot be a successful company. No? So there are different ways of reaching success uh, and maybe even a bigger success than, than others who were faster. We're actually trying to follow something similar. Um, so we're not obsessed about this framework, about triple, triple, double, no. But yeah, it's true that we're trying to follow it. Um, uh, we consider our company a, a PLG. So I don't know for those who are not familiar with product-led growth companies, but it's basically to try to uh, remove everything that it doesn't scale through the product. No, So instead of adding a bunch of salespeople, so we tried that the product sells itself. Instead of having a lot of mm -hmm. the CS team, uh, CS agents to solve doubts, we tried to improve the product. So um, we can scale it faster um, and we can become more efficient in the future. For PLG companies, for example, as far as I know, um, in the early days, it's maybe harder to grow uh, that fast because um, you are setting up the whole uh, product that is going to deliver higher growth rates in the, in a, in the latest stage. No? So in our case, we were able to, to triple, triple every year until now. So we are happy with this and, and it's actually part of our well, goal. We are going to try to do this, but again, not super obsessed about the framework, but using it as a benchmark. Got it. Cool. And um, we, we always discuss three critical ingredients to scale on the show. First one is radical focus. Second one is world-class leadership. And third one is culture execution. Culture of execution, sorry. And starting with the first one, uh, radical focus, we, we all know that after raising Series A or after raising Series B, and sometimes, surprisingly, if, even after raising Series C, 
we tend to open too many avenues with the pressure of growth, with the pressure of what we have been just discussing. And there is nothing more difficult to scale than adding layers of complexity, as you were saying. And that's what we are trying to avoid with a product led company is to decrease the complexity and make it uh, much more scalable. So how do you resist to the temptation to open too many geos? I know that in terms of segments, you are to small, medium businesses, uh, but at the same time, there are multiple verticals uh, that you can serve. So how do you bring focus after raising this uh, A round so you don't go everywhere and try to be everything to everyone? So it's very difficult. I don't have a, I don't have the secret formula, but I think uh, um, as a founder in our DNA, uh, we are passionate about creating and innovating. No, so it's easy to lose uh, focus because you have money and you can start developing more projects that fulfill uh, what makes you happy. No, um, but at the same time, complexity it's very dangerous not only on your product but on the whole organization also adding one more market it's adding complexity on operations on fine on accounting on finance so in my case what i'm trying to do is to avoid the temptation of uh, releasing more products or more verticals or more geos and, and focusing on uh, satisfying or fulfilling myself with innovating and creating through the right things, which is uh, create a data-driven company. No, So if we ever do something, it's because we validated with data that it makes sense. Also, uh, the experiments mindset. No, So always try to do uh, uh, small little things that allows us to, to take decisions, because if not, um, you can get lost no? and, and forget a little bit about driving the company with gut and, and mix gut with data with experiments. No? Um, so again, no, I don't have a, a secret formula, but I try to fulfill this uh, energy, you know, this innovation uh, spirit uh, in different areas, no, which is uh, um, putting all my team together, uh, hiring the best talent, maintaining the culture, innovating inside the organization, and focusing a lot in reducing complexity. Um, instead of adding more layers of complexity, because it's very, very easy to add complexity. You don't even uh, see it coming and, and it's actually happening every day. Very good points. And for the audience and the listeners out there, be careful with adding complexity. As Javi is saying, everyone can complicate things. Very few people can simplify things and this would be very helpful uh, along the way so not only to get to five but even to 10 20 50 100 million the temptation will always be there especially when we are doing well so where we become overconfident so when we, when we are struggling it's very easy to become humble and to start saying look we need to cut something but when we it is going very well and hopefully that's what we want uh, things to get. Uh, it's much easier to start saying yes, yes, and yes to, to things that we should say no. There is a, um, just a, a, a last point on, on this topic. There is nowadays a lot of discussion, especially because of the God of SaaS, Jason Lemkin, uh, about net revenue uh, retention. And Jason was commenting that uh, Slack has net revenue retention of 140%. Twilio at 150%. So for the audience who is not familiar with net revenue retention, it shows how much we are growing from our current customer base without adding uh, new customers. And 140%, it means that we are growing 
40% in terms of revenue just uh, via our customer base. So if we want to double, it means that we need to acquire 60% of revenue and we are growing through 40% of the customer base. So what's your take on, on growth via customer base or via retention or expansion instead of acquisition? Uh, I really love it. Uh, and, it and it's not only because uh, it's, it's super sustainable as a business, no? And why everyone is so um, focused today on, on net MRR retention? It's just because the effort that the company needs to to do to keep growing it's uh, much more it's it's lower of course yeah. and you don't need to be paying um all those customers that you're losing no because if you're if your net mrr retention is negative it's under the 100 percent it means that every year you're going to to be paying money um to con to to just uh, get the same um, um, AR that you got last year, no? So basically, yeah. to to not uh, decrease the size of the of the revenue, and um, okay. so of course this is super good in terms of from a revenue perspective. But also, I think it's very good because it drives the company uh, around the existing customer and not the new customer. And we've seen a lot of companies thinking too much about the new customers, but not that much about the existing customer. And I think this is completely wrong. Because uh, an existing customer is actually someone who already bought your product, who already uh, give you the, the trust, who's already using your product. Who, so it's much more easy to get revenue from this customer than from, an ex, from a new one. No? So if you focus on this metric, you start uh, releasing strategies that are designed to satisfy the current customer. And then this has a lot of uh, positive consequences. So you'll probably see how your NPS is going to grow because you're actually thinking about the current customer. So current customers are going to be happier and happier. And you're going also to see that uh, everything works much more efficient because uh, those customers are going to be that happy that virality is going to start working better. No? So I think by only focusing on one metric, we can get a lot of positive, positive outputs um, and more philosophy. It's that, uh, if we want to succeed in the future, we need to be customer centric and customer centric doesn't mean thinking about the new customer it means thinking about the current customer. Yeah. And a very good point that you also cover this starting solving this problem with your base of clients where it is a small base a customer base. So typically what we hear again and again, people saying, look, we don't have enough customers to focus on retention and expansion. We need to focus on acquisition. So what we are doing is again, as the, the point that we were discussing, increasing the complexity of the business. So because now instead of having uh, 10 Anapi customers, we might have 100 Anapi customers and making it more difficult to go to the next milestone. Jumping to the ingredient number two, world-class leadership this is all about having the right people on the right seats we typically discuss that from two to hundred million we'll need to have seven different companies seven different ceos seven different leadership teams seven different middle management teams and seven different individual contributors um, teams you are maybe on your second or third company at this stage with uh, with all this so what have been some of the most difficult positions to you to hire for, I believe, your first version of your leadership team post-Series A? Yeah, so this is, uh, I mean, the, the also super, super important, no? and the team, uh, we hear a lot about how important is the team, 
And it's very easy to underestimate how important it is actually. And especially when you're a founder that you can do multiple stuff, you've learned how to have, how to wear multiple hats and, and, and it's difficult to understand this message, uh, but it's actually more important than, than what people is saying, no? And you need to live it to really understand it. And also, I really think to, I really like to think about the, the team on the company as a, as a sports team. Uh, I think it's, it's very similar and we really like to operate in the same way. So depending on the league you're playing, you're going to, to need different team players, no? And this is going to be changing when the, 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 the team is changing leagues. And when you get into the Champions League, probably you're going to need a completely different team. Some of these people are going to be able to grow with the company, but just a few. And this is actually normal. And, it, it, and I, I like to send a message to not frustrate people. Oh, you know, I, it's just really rare that you can uh, go from 1 million to 100 million company and, and grow with the company. It's very, very difficult, no? So for us, it's always been trying to understand very good what's the team we want for the next 12 to 24 months and just focus on this. Um, actually, we were a bit late. <laughs> so that's why I said that even you know this, it's, it's hiring, it's very tough. Uh, it takes a lot of time, energy. Uh, it's super time consuming. So it's very easy to, you know, postpone these decisions and especially senior hires because you're going to delegate a lot of important decisions, no? So as a founder, this is your baby and it's hard to, to take this decision and really to, to move on on this. And for us, uh, it took us two years to really start building a leadership team. Actually, last year was the first year we hired our first VP was Felipe, VP of Finance, and we hired uh, Adelina, who's our VP of Growth. Um, and for us, the, 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 uh, under our experience, and I think uh, as we can see the market, growth, it's uh, probably the, the hardest uh, position to fulfill in Europe uh, for SaaS SME companies, because it's, it's very new, it's a, it's a new industry. So we don't have that many people who has grown a company from one to, to 10, to 10 to 50, from 50 to 100. So there's just a few companies that has done this already in Europe. So either you get these people, in our case, we hired Adelina, she was a former VP of marketing at Typeform. I guess it's the only company in Spain <laughs> uh, focused on SMEs, a SaaS company, who did already this journey, no? So actually we were super lucky on, on fitting, you know, the needs we had with maybe the only person that was uh, having this, this uh, requirements, no? Um, so hiring leadership positions is always super difficult, depending on the moment and on, the, on your region. Uh, some areas can be uh, much harder just because of this, there's not that much talent in the market. And for us was growth. We're now also on the process of hiring a VP of engineering. Um, I think in Europe, growth and product are the, the areas where we have less experienced people, uh, just because we don't have that many, that many uh, com successful companies, no? And also in the SaaS space. So if we think about e-commerce, we'll probably have uh, more experienced people because of Privalia in Spain, because of Talando um, right. in, in, in Germany, you know? So it depends a lot on, in the industry, but specifically in the SaaS industry, I think growth 
and product are the hardest positions to fulfill in us in a really senior level. This is a, a very good point, and I would say this is also related with the first uh, mindset shift. So now you need to be able to uh, hold back and, and go to the position as of business architect and the leader of the team and assure execution through the team instead of through our own action. And typically, people who get to this stage, they are world-class performers. They are very creative, as you said in the beginning, and they find a way of getting things done. But at a certain moment, it is not scalable at all. We need to find those super VPs who can help us to grow the company for the next level, super aligned with what is the vision and helping us to get there. And just getting it right, one VP of five and sometimes two or three, it's already a huge uh, success and it deserves uh, all the investment in the world in terms of time allocation. And I believe that we just keep seeing very few time of uh, the agenda of the CEO allocated to building the team and too many time on getting things done via his own uh, or her own uh, ends, right? Correct, I know, and, and two things. It's important to do it at the right time because, of course, uh, the, uh, a, a VP of, of growth, for example, uh, that needs to manage a 30 or 50 people team, it's completely different uh, than a VP or a leadership, uh, a, lead, uh, uh, a person who can lead a team of five, no? And yeah. if you hire this person too early, you might not get the proper results, no? Correct. But if you do it at the right time, the, the, the output, the experience, it's completely amazing. I mean, you, uh, it's one of the best things that ever happened to us, not to really start having these senior people who are in charge of uh, some areas that they are better than us in these areas. That, that, and you start seeing that something you were doing by yourself, uh, it's now just running. Uh, and, and you're amazed about the, the things that they're doing. And it's super, a super good feeling seeing that something's happening without you and that you really like what's happening. No? Right. <laughs> the best feeling ever. Amazing. And we move to the, to the third and final ingredient, which is the culture of execution. So if it is crystal clear what we need to achieve and if we are focused, uh, if we have the right team in place to get things done, now it's all about getting things done and having this ingrained in the culture, having the weeklies, the monthlies, the dailies, the quarterlies, the annuals, the one-on-ones, the town halls, all those rhythms. What, what are some of the rhythms that are important to you to have everyone on the same page and that are important for you to inspire execution across your team? So everything starts from culture, actually. And culture is this uh, other thing that I've been, when we started the company, we, we were hearing a lot about how, how important is the culture. And when you're two or three or four or five people, uh, this is sounds like a little bit of bullshit. Uh, sorry right. for the word, no? Yeah, absolutely. Give the importance that it has. But when you start growing and suddenly there's people that uh, you, rarely speak with um, <laughs> you realize how the how important is the culture and it's actually uh, the fact for success in the long term so in, in our case uh, we realized this when we overpassed that i think 25 people more or less we started seeing how things are not happening in the same room so it's not that easy to get everyone on the same page so 
suddenly there's people that is not in the same page that doesn't understand what we're doing and and maybe they're driving in a different direction um, at that time is when we uh, when we saw how the how important is the culture and we started doing things among the culture and actually is one of the key things i'm doing in in, in my daily basis uh, be sure that we maintain the culture and we have everyone driving on the same direction and everything happens uh, from the first step which is hiring so we make sure first we created our culture all together so we were uh, 20 or 25 and and we defined our corporate values the way we work the way uh, we like to to collaborate and and how we want to to work together uh, once we defined this uh, what was much more easy to identify the right people for the team so for example uh, we, uh, me or my or my co-founder Bernard, we we participate in every single uh, interview or hire we do to make sure there's a cultural fit, and we are super obsessed about making sure that this person fits on the way we work and how we work. So when this person lands into our company, we are sure it's going to work good because it fits the way we do things. No, um, right. so. Also repeating this every, we have a team meeting every Friday uh, where we try to align everyone. So we explain not to make it uh, too long because if not, it's so boring, no, but a maximum half an hour where we sit down everyone together and we try to pick up different topics every Friday. But the, the goal of this meeting is just to put everyone on the same page. If we have something uh, that was very uh, relevant this week, so we explain it and everyone knows what's going on more or less. And also we are very, uh, we use this Friday meeting to uh, make sure everyone uh, is on the same page with the culture, no? And we try to relate everything we do to our corporate values, no? And to showcase, uh, we promote people because of our show corporate values. So mm -hmm. it might be a little bit repetitive and for some people maybe they think oh, this is the, <laughs> I mean, every Friday we're like almost singing our corporate values, but right. in the end, it's the only way that people remember the corporate values, just by repeating it like a thousand times and, and, and being super clear the way we work. And maybe not everyone fits. I'm sure not everyone fits here, but we're not aiming to, to fit everyone. We're just aiming to fit the people that fits with the other people in the team. And at least everyone knows what are the rules uh, of the game. And this, this also happens, I, I, saw, I see this a lot of times, uh, people are not aware of the rules of the VC game and they are getting in a, in a buzz and they don't understand the buzz and then they think that people are crazy about aiming to double or triple the company uh, every single year. It's huge pressure. So if you, if you feel that change is not your thing, don't try to scale up because it, it really changes uh, a lot. So there are other places to work that are much better for you if you want a much more stable. Uh, on the other side, if you want to grow very, very quickly uh, as a human being and as a professional, it's, it is one of the best places to, to work in the world. Absolutely. And we got to the final and our favorite question of the show, which is if you would have the opportunity to meet Javi, uh, four years ago, before starting Audit, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Um, 
very difficult question. <laughs> so only one is hard to pick. I think, uh, of course, I, I've done a lot of things wrong. Uh, and maybe I'm going to be too drastic or very different on my response, but I wouldn't give me any advice. Because in the end, I think everything I've done brought me to where I am. And actually me, uh, I had one company. I mean, I introduced this in the beginning. I closed this company. So I raised it from 80 people, uh, 14 stores around the country, uh, 5 million in revenue. And then I had to take the decision of closing it. And I, I made my, this question to myself that time, what I did wrong. And in the end, I thought, look, uh, every time we take decisions, we play with the cards we have in this moment. No, We have X information. And with these cards, we try to play it our best hand, no? like in poker. Yeah. And so I think trying to give a different information to the past, it's going to change everything because you don't really know why you're doing this, no? So, um, and mistakes sometimes are very important because you learn a way more from a mistake than from a success. Uh, because uh, a success, it's very easy to accept um, and it doesn't really burn in your blood. But when you run on something, when you fail, you really get this message into you, no? It's something that you will, you will never forget, no? So I think everything we do, takes us where we are and, and it's a necessary road, no? So of course, I would tell myself a lot of things to, to be better, faster and, and not uh, make mistakes, but I think mistakes are necessary. So I would maybe send me the, the number of the Euro Millionaires or something like this and <laughs> about any other professional advice. Very good point. Javi, congrats on the journey so far. It's very inspiring. And uh, thank you so much for making the time to share your experience with, with the community. Thanks for having me, Mike, and keep scaling. <laughs> That's awesome. And to our community, uh, thanks for being there. And uh, we keep bringing you the best of the best so you can leverage their lessons and avoid their mistakes on your journey from two millionaire to one millionaire. See you soon, and as Javi was saying, keep killing. <laughs>